Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We take on one of the most famous paranormal cases this week on the podcast. Welcome back to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, where this week we're looking at the Battersea Poltergeist. It's London, 1956, in Battersea. Pat Boone's Albie Home is at the top of the charts, and on Wycliffe Road in Battersea, behind the door of number 63, 15-year-old Shirley Hitchens finds a silver key on her pillow. She and her father tried the key in every lock in the house, but it didn't fit. Little did Shirley and her father know, this was the beginning of a chain of paranormal events that would torture them for 12 long years. Shirley had no idea that this key would put her at the centre of this activity, that her teenage years would be consumed by the poltergeist residing in their home, and that this case would attract international attention. They named the poltergeist Donald, and it was known for moving furniture, writing notes, and even setting objects on fire. Well, when I first read about this case many years ago, I was absolutely fascinated. This case is always in the back of my mind when the most haunted team manager to capture any phenomena that is similar to this case. When I watched with horror, an allegedly cursed doll burst into flames in the old farmhouse, followed by Carl's arm setting ablaze, I remembered the fire set inside the Battersea house. Spontaneous combustion is definitely a thing and believe you me, it's terrifying to witness especially when you try to find the logical explanation for the fire but you simply can't. We were lucky to have the Cheshire Fire Brigade to test and look at the doll and Carl's jacket and when they came back with the results we were really happy. Don't get me wrong but we knew that something dark, something paranormal had occurred here. But the cynics and sceptics out there always need proof, and that's the way it should be. The fire brigade confirmed that no fire accelerant had been detected on the doll or its clothes, or indeed nothing was detected on Carl's jacket. So I believe 100% that spirits, poltergeists, can cause fires amongst many other kinds of phenomena. And it's very, very frightening indeed. Much like the Enfield haunting or the Pontefract haunting, this paranormal activity happened not in a castle or a manor, but in an ordinary semi-detached home. 
The Hitchings family were a seemingly ordinary working class family comprised of Father Wally, a London underground driver, his wife Kitty, a former office clerk, who was a wheelchair user due to chronic arthritis, Grandma Ethel, her adopted son John, and finally Shirley, Wally and Kitty's daughter. So, back to the mysterious key. This didn't fit any locks in the house, and strangely enough, on that same night that the key was found, strange noises began. These were described as reminiscent of the blitz, with deafening bangs and shaking the house itself, so loud that the neighbours complained. Shirley described the sounds as coming from the roots of the house. Over the weeks, the noises escalated and a new scratching sound within the furniture began tormenting the family in the day as well as the night. The police and surveyors were called out, but they couldn't get to the bottom of where the noises came from. The theory was that these noises were coming from a paranormal entity, a poltergeist, the family named Donald. Unable to come to another explanation or to get any help with their issue, the family continued to live with Donald where they were regularly tormented and sleep deprived. As time went on, activity in the house became stronger. Multiple witnesses claimed to see bedsheets flying off beds, slippers walking around on their own, cloaks floating in the air and furniture being thrown. It was clear this entity was honed in on Shirley. The noises would follow her to work and Shirley was witnessed involuntary moving in her bed and around the room. Because of this, many thought she was possessed by the devil. From around March 1956, two months after the activity began, the family began to draw in on press attention. The press crowded around their house and reported that the poltergeist was in love with Shirley, that it was a figment of her imagination and that she was behind the whole thing. From this, paranormal investigator Harold Chib Chibbet was drawn to the case. He was well known and connected, boasting friends like Arthur Conan Doyle, Harry Price and Arthur C. Clarke. This case was one of the biggest he ever covered and his record showed that he authentically believed in the Battersea poltergeist. He spent days and nights at the house and became a close family friend. With time, Donald became increasingly violent. Rooms were found destroyed, symbols and writings would appear on the walls and fires would break out of nowhere. One so bad, it hospitalised Wally. It said the family began to figure out how to communicate with Donald using alphabet cards first and tapping a certain number of times to mean yes or no. Then in March 1956, he wrote, Shirley, I come. With time, Donald became more vocal, leaving notes around the house, ordering the family to do such things as dressing Shirley in courtly clothes and to contact the famous actor Jeremy Spencer. Then... Here it's where it really ramps up, so hold on. In a handwritten letter dating to May 1956, five months in, Donald identified himself as none other than Louis Charles, the short-lived Louis XVII of France, who was rumoured to have escaped captivity during the French Revolution rather than dying a prisoner aged 10, as was later proved. 
Donald, or Louis XVII, used a number of elaborate French phrases in his letter and claimed that he had drowned en route to exile in England. His story, however fascinating, was often changing and contradictory. So, if he drowned, why on earth would he be residing in a house in Battersea? That's probably the first big question to ask. Now, I've thought long and hard about this. I wonder if the family asked if Shirley was known to Donald in a past life. Could that be why he was drawn to her? There is a possibility, of course, that the spirit was just lying, messing about, loving the attention and made a story up just to entertain. Or was Shirley and the family faking it? Absolutely not, in my opinion. This family went through total hell. I think we need to take encounters like this far more seriously. Scientists should be called into the house and told to document all the activity. When we hear of such cases in the press, and that is exactly who is recording and reporting on these cases. Oh, and don't forget the very friendly and trustworthy paranormal investigator. Where's the scientist? Come on! The knocking and tapping, the shaking of the house, I've also experienced, even felt the wooden floorboards lift under my feet. The power sometimes is extraordinary. I was beside myself with excitement when we could harness the knocking and tapping to point to letters of the alphabet so the ghost could tap out messages. Again, this is something that Shirley and the rest of her family did. So should they have encouraged the ghost or Donald? I feel at the beginning, yes, but perhaps once the name had been given, then it was time to move it on. This spirit was very strong and was drawn specifically to Shirley, similar to many poltergeist cases. The ghosts locking onto a teenager. Weirdly enough, as you know, my house is haunted. And when my children hit the teenage years, the activity seemed to heighten. They certainly had their teenage moments, and if I had had an argument with either of them, the paranormal activity would kick off. I believe that certain spirits are drawn to the different energies given off by adolescents. It's been scientifically proven that teenagers have in their brain a gene that can make the teenager rude, uncaring, aggressive and petulant. In their heads, you see, it's all about them. They can't help it. It's a chemical change in their brains. So, imagine the different energies being pushed out into the atmosphere and those vibrations can be felt and used in a much stronger way. Remember, it's all about energy. If we could see our energies and auras, wouldn't that be amazing? And it also changes our initial thoughts of people that we meet. What makes this case scary and others like it is that perhaps they all occurred in a normal everyday home. If it can happen to them, Oh my God, it can happen to us. Mum's The Word is a brand new parenting podcast hosted by me, Ashley James. Pregnancy, piles and all the other problems that come with parenting, I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Join me each week on my journey through motherhood as we celebrate the amazing highs as well as the lows. As it's my first time, we'll have celebrities, experts and hopefully you guys too who will help me figure out what the hell I'm supposed to be doing. Find us wherever you got this podcast. Just search Mum's The Word. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, this week our story comes from Kimberly, who got in touch on email with her paranormal experiences. Hi Yvette, so my name's Kimberly. I guess my paranormal experiences um, started from a very young age. Um, however, I was brought up in a very religious household and was taught from a very young age that there was no such thing as ghosts and that anything out with the realm of normal was demons and they were to be feared. So in my very early years, I grew up with a very unhealthy notion of the things that I was experiencing. Needless to say, I didn't share this with anyone and I had very, very many experiences to the point I think that growing up, although I knew they weren't normal because I didn't hear anyone else talking about them and you know when I would ask somebody did they hear that or did they see that and they would look at me really oddly, I kind of accepted them as normal and I just basically got on with it. I guess the one I want to tell you about today dates back about 20 years. So it involves me and my best friend who to this day is still my best friend. And at this point in her life, she had had started a family and she lives across the water from me here in Scotland. And she had got a new house and she'd had it for a few months and um, she had invited me over to stay. Now, I hasten to add that my friend has always known that I have had 
an empathic side and a side that experiences things and there was very many things that we experienced together I think our energies together somehow made things happen we're, we're really not entirely sure you know things ranging from being in her bedroom you know at night time in the middle of the night her stereo would come on really loud as loud as it could or you know where you'd be sleeping and her hairdryer would start up um, to being locked in rooms together there was a lot went on. She was frightened. I was never frightened. I was more curious and a bit confused by it all. But she used to say, you know, Kimberly, don't you dare bring anything to my house. And so, you know, it was a bit of a, a laugh between the two of us. But I learned that when I was experiencing things, she was frightened and I respected that. And, and a lot of the times I just didn't tell her. So fast forward, I'm visiting her house for the first time at this point in her life. She has two young girls, two and three, and I go over to her house and walk in. And as soon as I walked in the front door, I felt it. It was palpable. And I think she's seen my face and she said, please don't tell me if you feel or see anything in this house please, because I have to live here and I'm frightened enough. So I respected that and I made a pact with her and I said, you know, I'll keep Stum. Um, so as the night went on, we were sat in our front room and if you were sat on our sofa to the left of you, you could see into the kitchen and she was sat in the chair directly facing me. And as we were having conversation, etc., I kept looking into the kitchen, catching something out the corner of my eye. It was just a shape, just a just a shadow, just a shape. You know, I thought I was doing okay. She didn't realise what I was doing. And eventually she, she said, can you see something? And I was like, it's, it's probably just my imagination, but I keep thinking I see something out the corner of my eye. She says, we see it too. She says, we see a shadow, but we just ignore it. I said, that's fine. So night goes on and it's time to go to bed. And I am put in the girl's room. And as you can imagine, a two-year-old and a three-year-old girl and the bedroom is beautiful. It's pink, it's girly, it's fluffy, and it's two wee bunk beds that are um, against the wall in the corner of the room. So I get ready for bed and, and I go to the bottom bunk. And on the wall was a wee light switch, which I guess was for them during the night, you know, if they were frightened or needed to get up for the, the toilet or whatever. I went into bed, pulled the covers up over me, switched the light out, and I was I had my back to the door, so I was facing into the wall. It just felt more comfortable. I don't know why. And I'd fallen asleep. And um, suddenly was awoken with the feeling that somebody was in the room with me. To the point that I actually thought one of our daughters had got up through the night and come into the room and was standing behind me. So I gingerly turned around in the darkness to see absolutely nothing directly behind me. But when I looked up, there, hanging from the light shade, was the silhouette of a person. And I was absolutely shocked and terrified, slammed the light on, thinking it was my imagination. As I slammed the light on, the room, instead of being the beautiful pink girly room that I had went to sleep in that night, was the brightest yellow, just sunburst yellow. And there, still hanging from the light in the middle, the light fitting, was a young man. Um, he'd on jeans and a shirt, and he was just hanging there, dead staring straight ahead 
and I clapped my hand to my mouth because I didn't want to wake everybody in the house and I knew my friend would just literally die on the spot if I told her and I immediately pulled the covers over me, slammed the light out and put my head back under the covers and I lay there listening to my heart thudding. I could actually taste my heartbeat in my throat. I was so frightened and I just prayed for morning to come because I just thought, I'm not going to sleep. I can't sleep. He's in this room with me. So the morning came, thankfully, um, and our two daughters came in and we had a lovely day and I did my best to hide it from her because, as you know, she said she didn't want to know. So fast forward 20 years, her daughters are now 23 and 22. This actually only happened this next part this year. And she's now got two younger daughters who are 13 and 9. And... um, we're having a bit of a family reunion for her over in our mum's place. So it's myself and my friend, her sister and her mum. And her sister and her mum have always had, have been spiritual people um, and they've always experienced things. Her sister, unfortunately, is going through a bit of a time at the moment with um, what she's experiencing is a bit more um, negative messages, etc. Um, and she's not getting peace from it. Um, so we're trying to encourage her to, you know, seek advice on that to see how she can quiet this and, and learn to control it. So we're sitting in the living room and we're having a catch up and we're talking about spooky experiences and we're reminiscing about the past and all the funny things that happened in our house and you know how terrified we were and my friend said to me I know something happened in my house and you didn't tell me she says because I could tell by your body language and the way you behaved the next day that something was going on and I said you don't want to know she's like well no I'm no longer there you can tell me because you know, it, it won't frighten me. I don't live in the house any longer. So I proceeded to tell her this story of what had happened to me. And as I'm telling her, you know, that I turned round and switched the light on and the room was bright yellow. I just seen the colour drain from her face. And I was, I said, you know, what is it? And she said, when we moved into the house, that room was bright yellow. There was a tin of paint and it was sunflower yellow. And there were sunflowers. And I was like, oh, okay. She says, and we had heard rumours that there was a young man took his life in the house. But she says, we just, you know, dismissed it as just, you know, <laughs> gossip, etc. And then her sister said, I hate to point this out, but do you not remember what the three-year-old used to say quite a lot in that house? And the sudden realisation came over my friend's face and she said, man in the light. And all the pieces of the jigsaw suddenly fell into place and we all sat there with the realisation that her three-year-old, 20 years previous, had experienced exactly what I had experienced. And it pains me to think that a three-year-old would see what I seen because it's never left me. But the reference, you know, they they think a three-year-old's babbling, pointing to the light, saying man in the light, man in the light. They don't know what she's meaning or, or what she's saying. And 20 years later, from a secret that I had kept and told no one for 20 years and without any provocation from them, I tell them a story that they can 
align with experiences of their daughter and um, niece. And uh, yeah, needless to say, we were all a wee bit spooked that day. That's uh, that's one of the experiences that I've had. Um, as I said, there's been many more. Um, I think I could probably make people's hair curly with some of the things that I've experienced in my life. And, you know, if ever you want to talk about them, then, you know, I'd be happy to discuss them with you and, and, and tell you about them. But yeah, so keep up the podcast. I'm absolutely loving it. I absolutely love um, you, Yvette. I just think you are hilariously funny and I just love your enthusiasm in all things that you do. And remember, if you think you've seen something out the corner of your eye, you probably did. Hi, Kimberly. Well, wow, what an experience. You're obviously psychic and are able to tune in to the spirit worlds. Do you know when you mention about the hair dry coming on, you remind me of my little bedtime routine that I go through after an investigation. When I get home and head up to bed, I always check that my hairdryer and music system is unplugged as I have a fear of being woken up in the middle of the night by them going off. I suppose thinking about it, if they went off after I knew I'd unplugged them, I think I'd poop my big girl PJ pantaloons. So this man that took his own life must still be in the house. As you say, you and your friend saw shadows. Could those shadows have been his spirit? Perhaps. And if it was him, then I imagine that he may well have needed help. Many people, if they're religious and have taken their own life, will of course be frightened to move towards the light. They fear hell and damnation for eternity. So they stay in the place that they know and are comfortable in. I love the fact that when the girls were little, they described the man in the light. This alone and the pot of sunflower yellow paint and the yellow colour on the walls that your friend described when she moved into the house just proves to me and hopefully many other people that this haunting was real. Please send us more of your experiences, Kimberly. I know we'd love to hear them. Now, jumping back into the Battersea Poltergeist case, the original haunted house was demolished in the 1960s and was never replaced. What is clear is the impact that these events had on Shirley, who stated that this robbed her of her childhood and teenage years. We'll look into some of the theories people had for this haunting in next week's episode with the creator of the amazing Battersea Poltergeist podcast, Danny Robbins. It really is a fabulous chat, so please stay tuned. Get in touch yourselves with any paranormal stories that you've had. And if you have had a paranormal or unexplained experience, please let us know. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding, and a huge thanks to all our lovely listeners for sharing their paranormal stories with us. You can get in touch and share your own stories at contact at paranormalpod.co.uk or we are on WhatsApp. Leave a voice note to this number 075-999-27537 and we are on Instagram and our handle is at paranormalactivitypod. Stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and we'll be back again same time next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early. Have a great week, stay safe and remember, things aren't always as they seem.
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.